Carleen. Hi, Alma. How you been? Um, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going over stuff like, oh, what do we need to bring up? Well, what we were just talking about earlier, we were, and we kind of wanted to like touch on it on the podcast when we were talking about, I just found out this week that I'm going to be the grandmother of a baby boy. I was on the moon literally the other day. I got to sit through the whole ultrasound. And so anyways, me and Carlene got to talk in here and we were talking about our our birthing birthing experiences because we both had three children. You want to share yours? Well, I uh, gave birth to full grown human beings that probably should have been walking. (laughs) We were talking about how... Um, how, I, I was telling Serena that you could go up to 42 weeks. And she was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I, I was like, like an elephant. The look of horror on her face. <laughs> it was. I was 10 and a half months pregnant when I had Connor, who was chunkiest little nine pound, three ounce human being coming out of me. <laughs> he was talking. He had full set of teeth. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just yeah, the, did he really? No. I, one of my really good friends, her son was like a 10-pounder, uh-huh. and he had a milk tooth. No. Yes. I was like, you gave birth to a toddler. Yes. That's <laughs> insane. No. No, but my labor and delivery was all very fast. And then with Allie, I wish I could remember where we were going with that. But Aiden was, the doctor knew that I went really fast, and he wanted to make sure that I didn't give pound to a, another gigantic child so he he did it he induced me earlier but Aiden was still eight pounds six ounces and then he um had two nurses on me what oh yeah oh yeah I forgot about this one because I said it was the best experience of my life having two nurses massaging my hoo-hoo-ha they're like a little to the right, a little to the left. Oh, I'm getting, I'm getting a contraction. Oh, wait. Ooh. I didn't even know that was a thing. No. Yeah, they if they massage if they massage your area, it will uh, help with the uh, so you don't tear right. and they don't have to cut because they're helping to stretch it out prior to your gigantic baby's head okay. coming up. Okay. Anyway, so Aiden was a great experience. Then Allie, she was eight seven, and the doctors didn't listen to me or the nurses, and so she came. Um, I kept telling them I go from four to ten fast. Like once I hit four, get ready. Oh, honey, that doesn't happen. Everyone's different. Okay. <laughs> not my, not my first go You're around, like, honey. I know my body. <laughs> I know my deliveries, and you better get ready. And I think that's where we were going with this: is yeah. the horror stories, because they just don't listen to you. Right. Like, well, and what's really sad is it's sad that they, when you ask for advice, and they hear all the horror stories from people. I loved being pregnant. My deliveries were great, with the exception of (laughs) it was a great delivery, great labor and delivery. I just didn't have a doctor that listened to me. Right. Or nurses. And so when I'm at four and she's like, oh, we have plenty of time. You don't need an epidural yet. Then she says, roll over on your left side. (laughs) And she barely gets around the corner. And I'm saying, "Uh, it's time. It's time. Like, oh, we're good. Oh, my God. Call a doctor. Stop. You're like, hello. Yeah. Ain't no doctor touching this. Okay. 
Yeah, and then I was telling you about like my experience with Isaiah, who was my first one. And so I'm trusting everything the doctors say. Mm-hmm. I end up having him a month early. I get food poisoning. I'm vomiting. I've got freaking bubble guts up the wazoo. It was just <sighs> horrible. So there was the cramping from that. And then my water broke in the toilet. So I wasn't completely confident. I called the, the line. Uh, my regular doctor is out of town, so it's just like the on-call guy. He's like, what's going on? I said, I think my water broke. He was like, you think your water broke? I said, I'm pretty sure my water broke. And he's like, you'd know if your water broke, hun. I'm like, uh, okay. And then he's like, how far apart are your contractions? And I'm like, I don't know. I was like, because I'm also cramping from having, you know, what I was going through. And... Hershey squirts. It was and... the worst. Like, <laughs> oh the God, kind you're that you're, like, sweating and your toes are curling. Yeah, yeah it was it was. People awful. are not going to want to listen to this class. Let's talk <laughs> Sorry, you know, if you have pizza in your mouth or if you're eating lunch right now, um, <laughs> you might want to turn this off until after you're done eating. So, anyways, he just kind of dismisses me. He says, call me back when you're, contraction, when you're having contractions and they're closer together. So I, I kind of like hang up the phone and I'm okay. Like feeling unsure of myself. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, as old as I'm older, like, you know, I, my gut feeling was this baby's coming. But we trust our doctors right. and we don't know, especially with your first baby, but being young, we're like, we're so iffy of our own intuition right. and our gut feelings. But now as older and going through life, we're more apt to listen to that, right. which I'm always telling if I have somebody call me and, hey, this is going, you're a mom. Listen to your mom gut. It is never wrong. Right. And better, better safe, safe than, than sorry. sorry. Absolutely. So, yeah. So I ended up not going to the hospital until like the next morning. Mm-hmm. Like Albert was like, let's just go. And I was like, OK, I don't even know if I'm having contractions, blah, blah, blah. So we get terrifying. to the hospital. They were so rude. Like first I'm in this room with just like the, there's like the curtain separations between the beds Uh and the nurse is screaming at me because she's like, when your water breaks, you come straight to the hospital. And I'm like, I didn't know. Oh my goodness. I tried, but my doctor is an asshole. So anyway, she's like, well, I I need you to give me a urine sample. And I was like, I'm dehydrated. I can't even, like, I can't. And she's like, you need to try or I'm going to put a catheter on you. And I was like. Okay, so I went and tried. Nothing came out. Came out, and she's like, "Well, I guess I'm gonna have to do a catheter." Okay, not do that you, I wanted boo. a catheter. <laughs> it was the first time that I'd ever have had that experience, and it's probably the last time. And I'll never like ex- forget like the way she made me. She just shoved it up <gasps> there, and of course I'm dehydrated, so it's more painful oh, than it probably gosh. should have been. And then right in front of me. Oh. She gets the little, the sample, and it's like, there's barely any in there because I'm dehydrated. dehydrated. And she's like, well, that's not going to work. And she throws it in the garbage. (gasps) I was like squeezing Albert's arm, and I was like, I don't want to see her ever again. (laughs) Like, get her away from me. So anyways, they end up inducing me. They were worried about a dry birth and everything. And as I'm laying there, I felt, okay, so like every woman's worst fear is that she's going to shit the bed. Right. <laughs> it is. It is. My doctor told me when I was pushing Connor out, because Connor's ex- oxygen levels kept going down towards the end. And he's like, listen, I need you to push like you're having the biggest shit of your life. And I was like, oh, you should have told me that. Oh, wow. 
yeah, like I dilated super fast. As soon as they like my doctor went to lunch, he's like, okay, this is going to be a while. Holy. And I was like, I need the bathroom. The nurse is like, no, 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 I got to check you. I was like, no, 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 I need the bathroom right now. I need the bathroom. I need the bathroom. <laughs> and she's like, like, yeah. And she's like, no, 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 I need to check you. I had dilated like not even an hour. It wasn't even an hour. And I had gone straight from zero to 10 yeah. in less than an hour. And they don't, they're not used to that. Right. But hey, we are built for birthing. <laughs> Yeah, all, yeah. I had no epidural, like all my kids just like, and so the doctor barely, he comes back from lunch and he barely has time and he was an intern on top oh of it. Oh my gosh. Um, they're like, are you okay with an intern delivering your baby? And I was like, well, at I guess I'm going to, at that point, I didn't know what an intern was. Like, I was like, is he qualified? <laughs> Does he have a catcher's mitt? Get down there. So anyways, he, he comes in there and he's like, he's like, don't push, don't push, don't push. And I was like, I hate it when they tell you not to push. It's my body's doing the work. Right. I'm not really making any choices here. Yeah. So, um, needless to say. Put your legs together. Isaiah popped out of me (laughs) and the doctor barely caught him. Yeah. That's how. Yeah. So yeah. And then the experience got worse from there. Really? Yeah. So he's a month early. They ended up having to put him in the NICU. He wasn't like eating. He wasn't latching on because I was trying to breastfeed him. The nurse that came in, she's like, she grabbed my boob. Like it was just like, she just grabbed my boob. Like you're not a human being. Yeah. She's like, you're not doing it right. And she just shoved my boob in his mouth. And I was like, and he still wasn't taking it. Yeah. Which is a contrast from Mario, because Mario, my kids are going to hate me. <laughs> Mario came out like the Hoover vacuum cleaner. Like, they just laid him on me, and he just rooted, and he, he found it. And I was like, oh, my God, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> like, There's something about our first one, because I have the same. We have so much in common. I know. It's so weird. I know. My first one was the same way, and my second one was um, like, like your second just like and didn't want to let go exactly yeah that frightened me <laughs> i was like is this I, supposed to happen like oh, that man i was like hallelujah so yeah so i had to go home without my baby and that oh that, that i don't know if i could do that yeah, that was gotta, the, like uh, the worst feeling in the world so not to mention it's not even at a place where you feel comfortable right like, like they, they weren't gentle and sweet and no it was hospitable like, to you and so I left, I go home, I come back because I was like miserable at home, come back and I go into the NICU and I'm like, you know, laying by the bed and he starts stirring. He's, he, they had him on his tummy mm. and he starts stirring. So I kind of started like patting his bottom. Like, sh- sh- I didn't know what to do. And she's like, don't do that. It was like this older what? matronly looking woman. It was the same lady actually that like oh. shoved my boob in his mouth. Oh my god! And she she was just like, "Don't do that. How would you like it if I smacked your bottom like that?" And okay, so I know a lot of women have experienced this where you're just like so down. Yeah. Like I shot out of there, went to the phone, called my husband at work, and was sobbing on the phone. Like I was like, and I was he's like, "You go back in there. That's our baby." He's like, you go back in there and you you do what you feel is right and just tell her to fuck off, basically. Yeah. He kind of gave me that backbone, like this <laughs> this talk that he gave me. And I went back in there and I sat with him and I felt better. But yeah, that was it was like the most horrible experience. I will I would like swore I would never go back to that hospital and I didn't. No, that's terrible because not only that, but you just had a horrible birthing experience. I mean, you didn't have a horrible birthing experience, really. But being separated. But being separated from your child and having to deal with the 
uh, unwelcoming hospitality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, so many women will suffer from postpartum depression. She didn't know if you were having any of those issues, but just being separated from your baby causes a lot of mental anxiety. It was like it was so- all kinds of emotional issues to the mom and to the baby right they're so much more aware now that they want they encourage the parents to be there they're very welcoming handling the kid kids the babies right back then i don't know i hope that lady isn't still working at a hospital yeah me too with new mothers because that's the last thing a mother needs yeah and i was like early 20s i was i didn't know i didn't know my ass from my foot at that point and the last thing you needed was somebody treating you the thing is what people don't realize young and old is we are the customer and we have the right to choose right we have the right to say i have fired nurses (laughs) my mom when she was in for her stroke i mean there were plenty of times that i was like yeah that one isn't going to be treating you anymore. I'm going to cut that one off because I don't like what they're doing. I tell you, it gives me great comfort that um, Serena's here and that I'm going to be here when she goes into labor. You know what I mean? Uh At least crossing my fingers, knocking on wood, (laughs) putting it out there into the universe that I'm going to be here. Anyways, that's what we were talking about. Just like what women go through, like doctors not paying attention to you, not like, and I was actually reading an article recently um, talking about the United States is one of the worst birthing experiences for women and especially for women of color. Yeah, I can see that. I can understand that. Well, they also don't take into account, okay, when I was teaching, I could have 20 or 30 kids, but each each one is an individual. They didn't all learn the same. It's kind of like our own children. Everyone is disciplined differently. You know, my daughter would always say, you don't do that to Connor, you don't do that because you're three different people. So what works for one doesn't work for the other. It is no different with patients. We're all human beings. We're all different. So you can't stereotype us. When I uh, tell you my doctor experience, I go to my doctor and I know my body, but also spirit tells me when things are going on. So usually I could go into the doctor and say, okay, this is wrong. I'm probably going to need an MRI. I know you have to, you know, I know all the steps and I'm always right. But lately, I'm like, something's off. It's chemical. I'm not quite sure what it is. But when it first started, like all my weight gain and everything, it was after I had I had some stomach surgery done. And I was like, something's not right. And they were like, oh, it's just swelling. It'll go down. Well, it hasn't gone down. And, and so, so I'm, I'm like, like, I heard like a vitamin deficiency. And so I had told them because my thyroid's all messed up too. So I was like, what if I have like, like an iron, iron deficiency? deficiency? Oh, no, don't do that. Don't take iron. You're fine. You know, we did blood work. So all this time has gone by. I'm exhausted, gaining weight. Not myself. I bought some iron for my daughter during that time. And I was like, give me five of those. I'm going to see if it makes a difference. By the third day, I'm a different person really completely different person i've listened to my doctors all this time instead of listening to spirit who's never wrong and it hasn't solved everything but i have i've started losing weight i have way more energy and i started noticing i was getting the dark circles under my eyes and that's what was my first clue i was like there's something missing Right. So I think my body needed iron. And did they do blood tests and all that? They've done tons of blood work. And my blood work is finally starting to show something's not right. Right. But they still don't know what it is. It's all a guessing game. Mm Mm-hmm. 
putting the puzzle pieces together. Right. So now I'm really excited to say. You're feeling better. Yeah. Like here's a piece of the puzzle. Right. And then maybe they'll listen to me about the thyroid because your doctor only does two standard tests for your, they miss a lot because they will only do those two tests. Right. And so a naturopath, homopathic, will do, will run. Full spectrum. Yeah, they do. There's other tests that they do for your thyroid and they will usually catch whatever it is that's throwing your thyroid off. I also have a really good friend that goes and sees a naturopath naturopath for her thyroid. Yeah. And she she does so much better with the naturopath. It's interesting. There's something to it. Yeah. It's kind of funny earlier. um, (laughs) So my daughter's (laughs) sitting here and of course, Shorty's always in the room with us and we were getting ready over here. And all of a sudden, my daughter's dog, who's like this big, huge monster. Okay. So Shorty's in heat. Shorty's, Shorty's not fixed and and it's never been an issue with us because both of our other dogs are so we it's never we've never ever been in a hurry to get her fixed but now my daughter is here with us and she has her dog and they haven't fixed him yet so it's quite a party over here oh my god (laughs) (laughs) i freaked out a little bit she's like he's humping her face We had it on video. I didn't even realize we had a three-year-old sitting here. I know, and he's all just like his face was horrified. He's like, "What?" Well, Carlene's saying he's humping his face. Oh my god, that was terrible. That was terrible. I'm gonna turn this down just a little bit because we're like when I laugh. Sorry, guys. I'm sorry if you guys got a little bit too much of the laugh on the last episode. Anyways. All right. Well, we think we're freaking funny. We are so. funny. And, all right, let's talk about what we're drinking right now. Yeah, because I think I need some already. We are drinking a Pinot Noir 2014 by Estancia, Monterey <laughs> County. That's, that's all I get off of that. But it's really good. It's, it's At first, I was kind of like pursing my lips because it was a little dry. Get used to it. It's growing on me. Pretty bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say we should put that on a t-shirt except it would probably be copyright infringement yeah oh, here's episode right. number what is this for us four 34 but for me oh, and you no this is five for us five yeah i think we're on five time flies when you're having fun having fun yeah all righty do you want to go first or what do you want to do you can go first okie dokie <laughs> all right <laughs> All right, my story is on. Have you ever heard of Bella Kish? No. The monster of Sincota? No. AKA the vampire of Sincota? What is Sincota? Um, well, it's a place in Hungary. Okay. We're we're going outside of America. Okay, is this going to make us want We could probably make some money on pitching some movie ideas to Hollywood. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'd be surprised if this wasn't already a movie, but I didn't really go and look if there was any popular movie references or whatever, or if there was a book or anything. So he's believed to have been born in 1877. So we're going oh, back to the 1800s. Our favorite place to be. <laughs> in Ichak, Austria, Hungary, to Janos Kish and Verona Varga. Bella Kish, spelled K-I-S-S. So I kept on saying kiss uh-huh. when, when I'm like reading this, but then I started listening to some of the YouTube videos. And they're like quiche, like the pie. Why don't they spell it that way? (laughs) (laughs) 
So Balakish was a Hungarian serial killer and is thought to have murdered at least 23 women and one man, at least that they know of. So. It's kind of funny. That's like an introduction. And here he is, the Hungarian serial killer. Killer? Killer? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even started. I know. <laughs> oh, it's because it's dry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> For people that hate lip smacking, I, or can't st- this is probably the worst podcast for them to ever listen to because we make all kinds of sound effects. You know what I was thinking? Wouldn't it be fun to get a sound effect thing, like even like a kid's toy? And then every time we want to, sweaty balls. Boing. I have the, one of those staples or, things. Mm. That was easy. <laughs> I told Allie that from listening to our last one. I'm like, we need... We need a, like a little cheap sound effects thing. So we're like, sweaty balls. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <sighs> that was a good drink. <laughs> Alrighty. So he worked as a tinsmith. And though he appears to have had little formal education, people were impressed with his intelligence and his ability to converse in about a wide array of subjects, art, politics, anything. Like he was, he was pretty well read. And also on the tinker thing, on the well, tinsmith tinker, same thing. He was self-taught. Wow. Well, that's so impressive. He, he was a pretty intelligent guy. He was also an amateur astrologer. Oh. And as reported by many of his neighbors, after the fact, um, he also med- meddled in occult practices. <laughs> surprise yeah so well i don't know if that's true though like there was there were several versions of the beginning part of the story and then it all kind of leveled out and it was all pretty like uniform so and i'll tell you where it kind of deviates i kind of wonder about some of these like even when i was doing mine how much is the game telephone like how much has been added because as you're researching like you find like differences in the storytelling like some of it's the same but then there's little tweaks here and there right about it so yeah there was a lot of that with this one so oh, i tried to like find all the the elements the that were medium yeah were the same and kind of stick with those um quiche reportedly was a handsome man with blonde hair and remarkable vibrant blue eyes they're always han- you know what just date and marry ugly dudes and you're gonna be okay <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he was handsome. Oh, he was I... handsome. Okay, so I have a picture here. And I'm just going to yeah. show you this picture. And just tell me how mesmerized you are with how handsome this oh, guy is. Oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> let me just, let me give you a description. Because we'll put it on the site. But yeah, he's got handlebar mustache. He's got kind of a goofy... I'm trying to see without the mustache if he's better looking, but his eyes are kind of close together, wouldn't you say? Right. And his eyebrows are off, and he's got kind of a goofy kind of looking smile. It almost looks like he may even have like some kind of a overbite. See the way he's smiling? Oh, yeah. So... I see, and this is the picture, like pretty much the uniform picture. Like every article I pulled up, it has this picture. I can't. Okay, so we want to hear your impression of what you all think about this very good-looking man. <laughs> I don't know. You know, like Back every then, region, though. every place, like has a different like definition of beauty. But um, apparently, he was quite a catch. 
Apparently. Apparently. <laughs> he was a catch. Uh-oh. That oh, <laughs> was coming out. <laughs> By the way, guys, I have a new name when I'm drinking. Oh, here she comes. Eva. Eva. She, she's just christened me. My drinking name is Eva now. It's her altar. <laughs> I don't have one yet, but I'm sure we'll think of something. Yes, we will. <laughs> Let's drink to Eva. Okay, Eva. Forever, Eva? Mm, Eva, Eva. Eva, Eva. Alrighty. So then, like I said, he was reportedly a handsome man. <laughs> he was married twice and had two children, Aranka and oh. Ilonka. Aranka <laughs> and Ilonka. Aranka and... Ilonka. Alonka. Hello, sir. My name is Alonka. I found you very handsome. Get away from me. Those are his daughters. <laughs> no, if they were asking oh. some guy out. Alonka. Willy Wonka. My daddy is a murder tinsman. He's got women in the drunka. <laughs> that okay. was quick. Sorry, that was Eva. That wasn't me. That was, uh, <laughs> That's good. <laughs> All right. Sometime during the early 1900s, he moves into a rented property at number nine Kosuth Street in a small town of Sinkota, just outside Budapest or Budapest. Is it Budapest or Budapest? Well, I think we call it Budapest. <laughs> I, I watch movies and they call it Budapest. But, Budapest. but maybe that's the proper way to say it. I'm going to start saying Pest. Pest. At some point. <laughs> I made pork chops the other day and I tell Albert he walks in and I said hey I'm making pork chops and he's all and, and we both like complete the sentence at the same time an apple shosh pork chops an apple shosh and Serena and her bestie Juanito both look at us and they just bust out laughing I was like this is what happens after you've been married for 25 years that's hysterical <laughs> so at some point he takes a wife Marie who is about 15 years younger than him. Within a matter of weeks of their young marriage, oh God. Marie finds herself a lover. <gasps> Al Bakari. Well, At some point, Marie is no longer there. Oh. And he starts, you know, crying to his neighbors that she's left him and her and her lover have gone to America. So nobody questions. They're like, oh yeah, everybody goes to America, right? Well, there was a car, <laughs> she'd be in the trunk of it. <laughs> Well, she'll be in something. Um, around this same time, Kiss be- or Kish began collecting large metal drums, explaining to the curious village constable that they were filled with gasoline, expected to be scarce with the approach of war in Europe, because <gasps> World War One is right around the corner. Like She's there's in already a conflict. Barrel. She's in a barrel. <sighs> <laughs> She's having a Colleen. barrel of fun. <laughs> <laughs> If people listen to this to actually hear the stories. And they're gruesome and we're laughing, having a good old time. I know, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. That's all right. It's par for the course, right? (laughs) We're drinking, sorry. Being such an eligible bachelor, it surprises his neighbors that he doesn't take a wife right away. Um, but instead hires a housekeeper, the elderly Mrs. Jacobek, to handle his household affairs. Jacobek. I just like that. (laughs) Hey, my name is Jacobek. 
I know the people who know him. He rents an apartment in Budapest where he took out an advertisement in the personal columns of the local newspapers. And it was through these advertisements that he met many women who visited him at his rural property. Oh, so he's more suave than... Uh, Big pimpin'. I guess. They like the handlebar. <laughs> Something. <laughs> Go, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, sorry. I had a visual. I had to express it. Well, you know, like I always find men with handlebar mustaches irresistible. Mm. <laughs> Sweaty balls. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> the face that you made. <laughs> Hannibal Hannibal mustaches and sweaty balls. There you go. Yep. Hot. Hot. So hot. All right. (laughs) Now we can read each other's faces. I know. It's getting bad up in here. As happens in small towns, tongues started wagging over the years. (laughs) (laughs) Humping heads here, pretty (laughs) soon. He's humping her face. I'm going to hear that. That <laughs> go through my head. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, everybody's gossiping. And they're talking about the steady stream of women from Budapest who spent short periods of time at Kiss's home, Kish's home, in Shinkota. Oh, my God. Now I can't. No. <laughs> Oh my goodness. We have a toddler knocking on the door. <laughs> We're like toddlers, right? We now. are kind of like toddlers. We we laugh at immature things. <laughs> I tell my kids I'm like a 15-year-old teenage boy. Yeah, definitely. I am. I'll admit I, it. I was in line at Fry's. I have my son with me and he was about, I don't know. I don't even know if he was 18. He might have been. And my <laughs> the amount came to 69, 69. And so I'm like, hee <laughs> <laughs> I like, look what? over at my son and he's rolling his eyes, looking at the guy and going, like, he puts his hands up and he's like, I, I can't don't do know. anything like, about it. This is my mom. She's whatever, 15. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, when somebody farts, I laugh. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I still can't help it. My favorite. You know, thing? when you're like in a public restroom and somebody, you know, is trying so hard to suppress it and then they fart and then oh. I'm like, <laughs> I want. <laughs> when Allie was little, she would just be like, that lady farted. Oh my gosh. Hey, I have to tell you, I lost my. Oh, I called in a. What was it? 104.7. They were doing this whole thing i think it was 104.7 anyway and they were doing something about this guy's the king of farting or whatever and i call and i'm like hey this is your queen the queen of farts and it was like big for the whole day i had people calling me going we knew that was you that was you right and i'm like queen of farts oh my god on the radio. Colleen, the queen of farts yes I'm no longer your spiritual. Oh my God, I just lost anybody that was going to come and see me. <laughs> oh In the middle of a reading. <laughs> They're going to be like, who's that? You're like, oh, I'm sorry. I just had gas. Hey. I just had cheese for lunch. Sorry. Just never mind. Oh. 
favorite. You silly dog. Oh, wow. We have really got off the beaten track. <laughs> oh, my God. I can go on for an hour about it, though. That's hilarious. And you can reach me at... <laughs> 1-800-QUEEN-OF-FARTS. <laughs> Carleen, F-A-R-T. Oh, my God. <laughs> Next time we're going to thank you for listening to F-A-R-T radio. <laughs> You're going to need to cut some stuff out. <laughs> Sorry. That was awesome. Oh, my God. Oh, we're kindred spirits. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. What is it? I, Carlene, you bring the farts out of me. <laughs> We are we are children right now. All right, guys. You're just, all welcome. Just for your listening knowledge, I did not stand up and fart into my microphone. <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> She's fanning it over here. Oh, God, Eva. <laughs> okay, so speaking about your stench, altar. you can talk. blame it on your altar. <laughs> uh, okay, so anyways, we're talking about stinky things. So all right. speaking about stinky things. <laughs> We can't even. We can't even. Carlina, I'm trying to be serious. Okay. Here. I'm all look at you, I promise. Okay, I'm going to go, go like go. this. I'm going to put my. I'm, I'm putting my story in front of my face. Yeah, I'm not so looking. So Carlene can't make me laugh. All right. So we're talking about my big armpits pimping are all over here. sweating now. Um, in 1914, all his big pimping is interrupted. He was conscripted into the Hungarian army and forced to participate in World War One. My ears are ringing right now. Or are laughing, but the angels are joining in with us because we're so damn funny. <laughs> Angels are singing in my ear. <laughs> the fart song. <laughs> so, like I said, in 1914, his big pimpin' was all over. He's forced, he's conscripted into the army, the Hungarian army. And World War One started um, whilst he was away. Whilst. I really, I really what? typed whilst. I know what I've seen that, and I'm thinking, when am I ever going to use the word whilst? I just used it. Well, what does that this is exactly mean? a perfect opportunity to use the word whilst. Read it again. I want to know how it fits in. Whilst he was away. Like, Why didn't they just say while he was away? Because they wanted to be fancy. Okay, well. But that word's too fancy for two women that are it talking about farts. Talk about farts. I'm surprised we even know what it means. Whilst. Who's right. whilst? <laughs> Whilst he was away serving on the Eastern Front, the lease on his rented property lapsed. All right, so here's where the story starts to deviate. So one story says his lease is lapsed, his his, uh, landlord comes in and says, all right, well, oh, and then there's also supposedly a rumor that he had been captured, um, that he was a prisoner of war or that he had passed away. So the landlord comes in and says, all right, he's been gone a while. I need to rent my property out. Oh, so like get all his stuff out. Right. Wow. Okay. And then another story says that um, the Hungarian army comes into town and they're like, we're looking for oil because, you know, the war. And the constable remembers all these barrels of oil that this guy has because he's... 
piques his interest when he first started collecting them. And he's like, well, I know where there's oil. So he takes them over to the house and this is where they make the discovery. So what happens, I'm going to just tell you the, the story that seemed to fit best. fit best and mm-hmm. was like everybody was telling the same story is the landlord goes to the house to check it out, make whatever repairs he needs to make. And he sees these barrels. It's like, what the hell is this? So he pokes a hole in one of the barrels and a stench comes out. Uh. <laughs> yeah. And so the neighbor um, happens to be a chemist and he's like, uh, that's the stench of decomposition. Uh. So the landlord calls the police and of course they come out and check it out. Just one. No, actually a few. Oh, quite a few. Damn. Um, Dr. Charles Nagy, chief or detective chief of the Budapest police who receives a call. He takes two of his men and heads over to the t- town of Sinkota. Um, little old Miss Jacobic, who had promised to safeguard the belongings of her employer, was furious and shouted at the policeman to leave her master's properties. Like she's like, get out of here. <laughs> leave those dead bodies. Get out. Anyways, Maggie's like, yeah, whatever, bitch. Of course, he proceeds to open the first barrel and confirms that the landlord's worst suspicions were true. And it's a dead body in there. Um, Inside was a sack and the preserved body of a young woman with a full head of long, dark brown hair. Also inside the metal drum was the rope with which she had been strangled with. She'd been stuffed in the barrel and left to pickle in wood alcohol. (gasps) Okay, first of all, he didn't bother getting rid of the evidence. Then he's pickling. (laughs) subject which is weird it's very weird did he think that was going to preserve her or what well and she was well preserved she was well preserved in there okay well maybe that was his intent i have no idea it's just really really weird but if it was so stinky it was already but it was decomposing because it was stinky right but it was the it was contained very well and until Mm. the landlord poked it poked a hole in it that's when the smell came out Yeah, I can't even imagine. What was he, I don't understand what he was even going to do with it. It's just bizarre. Like, like a trope? Like, why not bury them? No, have a snack for later. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. A pickled finger it's, here. It's funny that you say that because, well, not actually funny. It's mm. actually really gross. gross. But <laughs> it is gross. Uh, actually, one of the, I think it was a podcast that I was listening to. One of the guys mentioned, he was like, the same thing. Was he uh-huh. going to go back and eat her? Yeah. Like, Have a little finger here, a little thigh there. I'm, I'm, wow. This wine? Disappeared. Kinda, disappears really quick. Do you need more? Go, 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 go. <laughs> I do now. You should tell them about what you found. Oh. You're fine. Yeah. So, like, we've been going to Goodwill lately, my daughter and I, looking for maternity clothes for her because, you know, why... No why, sense in spending a lot of money yeah, on that stuff. For stuff she's just going to wear around the house and whatever. So, we're just going and looking. But also, because I'm buying furniture and fixing it up and whatever, I, I'll go take a look at the furniture and other things. And as I'm going through all this stuff, I come across this thing that looks like a plastic wine bottle. And I was like, what's this cheapy little thing? And I kind of pick it up. I was like, oh, that's weird. And then I kind of notice it has a crack down the middle. And I pop open this plastic wine bottle. Surprise! Yes! I find wine opener. Diffuser little thingy. Yeah, a little diffuser. Um, the thing that takes the tin foil off the um, wine bottle. We're so educated. Yeah, I, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know what these things know. are called. It was a treasure. I was it so happy. It is the coolest thing. I was showing Carly earlier. I was like, look what I found. Look what I, I was found. so happy to share it with you. $3.99. <laughs> you know what we should do? Listen, we have so many bright ideas when we do this. Right. 
We're going to have to replay a lot of these to remember what we say. Um, <clears throat> we need to go like out. I didn't even know these existed, but now obviously I know. But out by Sedona, like taking the back way and there's all those wineries. Oh, yeah. I don't have anybody share that with until right now. We could find a haunted winery. <gasps> that would be even better. <sighs> Does anybody know of a wanted? Uh, wanted? <laughs> <laughs> We're, we're going to be wanted here soon. A haunted winery in Arizona in the back roads. That obviously doesn't mind classless people going. <laughs> White trashy. <laughs> <laughs> when Yvette and I were doing this, she'd be like, what do you taste? And I'm like, wine. <laughs> like, I taste that I'm going to get drunk. <laughs> go, 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 go. I I didn't start tasting. I never thought about that stuff until you and I sampling the ones that we do. And I'm like, oh, the little fruity. Yeah, she'll be like, oh, there's like hints of notes of chocolate and whatever. There's a and little I'm like, smokiness yeah, okay. in it. Okay. She doesn't give a shit. She doesn't give a shit. She is, okay. I love it. She's like, uh, uh-huh, Yeah. <laughs> I just want fruity. I taste a buzz. <laughs> this one in some red wines, but this is a Pinot Noir, so it's a little more, they're drier. Right. But this does have a little fruitiness to it, and it just takes a little airing out. Yeah, as it's opening up, mm-hmm. I can taste it. It's more sweet. It's, yeah, it's definitely gotten more of a Kool-Aid taste. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you've been drinking half the bottle of it, then we're good. I know, it's almost gone. I know, but we started it going, eh, all right, you know, I can taste some fruit. And the funny thing is, most wines do that to me. Like, I'll, yeah. first you taste it and you're like, mm, okay. And then after a while, I was, after it opens up, it starts tasting. My- I'm not a big, when I first started drinking wine, I, I would drink Chardonnays. So I went from like one extreme to another. I like Chardonnays and then I like Zinfandels. So I liked fruity. And then it was cheap wine, like Sutter Home, Behringer. They're good. They're cheap. I cannot choke those things down now. No. No. It's funny, like after you've drank good wines, you go mm-hmm. back and you try to... Can't do it. And I can't do too fruity of wine i have to be in the mood for well like that one that we the moscato yeah i mean that one i have to be in the mood for it's a good dessert wine it's a good wine though yeah it is <laughs> what is it the diosti in the blue bottle i just know I blue love that bottle. Stuff. it's a little bubbly total it's got a little, wine little effervescent it's see? so yummy <laughs> it's a good summer drink definitely next time we're gonna have we'll get that yeah and we'll put strawberries in it Oh, that's what I like doing yes. with those wines. With Moscato, I just like yeah. like Kool-Aid. Yeah. I like throwing strawberries or fruit in them. There I am. Thought I lost me for a second. We lost you. Where did you go? You know, sometimes. No, I'm just kidding. Sometimes, sometimes she just wanders off. Sometimes the universe takes me to these faraway places. <laughs> she totally checks out, guys. I have to smack the table. Oh my God, you scared me. <laughs> I am not, definitely not one of those people. Oh, she is not. so this guy, um, he texts me. Oh, we're so off subject. Who cares about the podcast? <laughs> okay, so there, there was this guy texted me. Said, "Hey, so and so referred me. I'm interested in your services." That was a quote. Unquote services was the word. So I said, 
hey, blah, blah, blah. And I start talking to him, telling him, yeah, this is what I do. This is what it entails, yada, yada, yada. And then as we're finishing up, I said, you know, if somebody was to go back and read these messages, they might think you're talking to a, a hooker, like I'm your hooker and you're setting up an <laughs> And I and then I start to explain how I have no class and I talk about farting <laughs> stuff. <laughs> and I'm thinking this and I tell him this. I said, this is either gonna chase you away. I said, listen, I, I gave him his confirmation and I said, you know, I promise my head won't spin, I don't have a crystal ball, none of that freaky stuff. But, you know, people might think you're talking to a hooker right now with the way we've negotiated this whole thing <laughs> and he's I'm in like, need of your services yeah, it'll be this much and come to my house you know bring extra clothes no I'm just kidding <laughs> oh, and he said, drink a lot of water <laughs> he's like is there anything I need and I'm like an open heart mine and he's like I got it out and I'm thinking this totally sounds like we're setting up a sex session right now and so, so I tell him all the, and he's like I thought I am going to chase him away or he's going to be like oh, I love her and then that's what he said. He's like, no, your humor is right up my alley. I'm so in. So I want his heart. But just so you guys know, when you get a, <laughs> arrange a session <laughs> you of have to do it naked. services, <laughs> you also get a comedian. <laughs> that, that's unfortunate, but you do. <laughs> you get my, sorry to say, disgusting sense of humor. Oh my god, that's hilarious. All right, where were we? It's right. spirit's fault. Back to we're gonna blame it on spirit now. <laughs> Everything. Back to uh Buddha Kish. Is that his name? Bella Kish. I don't know why I wanna call him Buddha. Buddha Kish. Buddha Kish. Buddha Kish. You know, my dad he would always say when he'd give a name for a restaurant or something, it was you now nobody can use this, it's copyright and copyrighted. <laughs> That's not the wine talking at all. <laughs> it's uh, Charlie Buscovich. What? Charlie Buscovich. <laughs> so he said all our names were going to be that too. We're all going to be named Charlie Buscovich. I don't know. You just reminded me of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking at it like, I'm waiting for the punchline. <laughs> there is no punchline. Just that reminded me of it, Charlie Buscovich. Wanna be like Budakish. Budakish. Balakish. All right. All right. So when detectives examined the other six metal drums that were sitting outside of his house, and this is another place where the story deviates. And some of the stories are talking about Mrs. Yankovic, Jankovic, whatever her name is, takes them down <laughs> into the cellar, opens this door, and there's all these barrels okay. in there. Oh, she takes the police the and police stuff down, down there? The cell, okay, opens I was like, the how is she going to lift all those barrels? Yeah, no, no, she them takes down. them and okay. opens the door, and there's all these um, barrels in there. So, yeah. All right. Take it all with a grain of salt. They go and open the other six metal drums and they found that each contained the body of a naked young woman all of the victims Wait, hand up did you just say a naked young woman so he doesn't even he takes some them undressed and then sticks them in the barrel yep that's that's some pathology right there some yeah. sort of he's got some issues deep seated all right then 
<laughs> All of the victims had been strangled. Among the victims were Keisha's wife, Marie, and her lover, Paul Bakari. Who is happens to be the only male out he of all of the people that he's killed. The man and the woman, the the wife and the lover. Right. And wow. um, they think that those are the first two people that he ever killed. And then he probably dug it, it. Yeah. And it's it set like, him oh, off on this weird Yeah. Strip thing. him down and pickle him. Eat him later. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Barbecue at my house. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to feed people jerky when they come over. Pickled people eaters. <laughs> Pick the pickle po- Wait, I, I'm not even going to attempt that while I'm drinking. Pickled people. Well, that one guy has a peppers. pickled pecker. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I guess he does, technically. Yeah. Technically. Oh, my gosh. You're all welcome. We are so far. <laughs> and pickled sweaty balls. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so they methodically searched the area on and around the property finding even more bodies that had been buried and each of them pickled in a barrel so bizarre each victim even those that had been buried had been preserved in alcohol bodies were still recognizable and more than a few of these victims were found to have a puncture have puncture marks on their necks and some articles mentioned that some of the articles that I read mentioned that blood had been drained from the victims, <sighs> earning him the moniker of the Vampire of Sincota. I can't even handle it because I'm visualizing it. What's he doing with the blood? Yeah. Where's the blood going? Yeah. That's a lot of blood. We have so a lot of blood in us. Maybe he's just like draining them. Like, okay, I don't even want to go there. Oh, well, like on a farm, you dr- when you oh, kill something, like you, drain, the, yeah. you turn them upside down mm-hmm. and you drain them. Maybe he's doing that. I have no I know, idea. But I, he must be in shape. <laughs> Handlebar mustache. <laughs> I wonder if that maid lady is she a maid? Yeah, she's like the housekeeper, the caretaker. I if she helped. Well, so um, the detective Nagy he suspects that she yeah. did, but it turns out that she didn't. Like, oh, there's more to this. You think so? So, anyways, he took some immediate steps. First, he notified the military um, that Bella Kish, if he were still on the front, was to be arrested immediately. And within an hour, the orders for the manhunt had reached the army. He then detains and interrogates um, the housekeeper. At this point, he's concerned that Kish might have had an accomplice. So this is where he kind of I'm, suspects her. I think it is. Her and, and, you know, because she lives in this house and she's she doing all this. She knows everything. Like, how does, and he she has was, all these women coming in and out of this house. And she was very protective of, of the, property. the barrels and the property. Well, and... Apparently, according to her, that she's like, all she knew about Bella Keish was that he is a man that treated her good. He paid her a lot of money. And that was another thing that um, the detective and found receipts. How did he have so much money if he was just a... Well, you'll find out. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. At that point, he's concerned that Keish might have had an accomplice. And he notified a postal and telegraph authorities in the surrounding area that they were to hold up any messages destined for Bella Quiche. This guy was on top of it. Listen, I mean, compared to some if of you guys stories, aren't, if they're not into this story yet, I'm so intrigued. I'm super excited. <laughs> yeah, now it's I be. am. I'm like, come on. All right, what were we going to say? Okay, the post office. Yeah, like the, this detective, he's like, he's on it. Yeah. Like, compared to some of the stuff that we've read oh, from the turn of the, the century. Yeah, stuff yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah, this guy is like totally on it. 
Oh, the last story where that woman got away with was so much. Jesus, criminy. Yeah, he's notified the postal and the telegraph authorities in the surrounding area that they were to hold up any messages destined for Bella Keish. News of the gruesome discovery was spreading rapidly throughout Sinkota and would soon hit the newspapers in Budapest. Nagy wanted to be sure that any accomplice could not get warning to kiss or Keish. Several facts made the investigation even harder than normal. Thousands of Hungarian soldiers were imprisoned and the army was scattered and disorganized. Worse, the names Bella and Keish were very common <sighs> Hungarian names. Of course. So it was likely that there were quite a few men in the army named Bella Keish. But were they all so handsome with those handlebar mustaches? You know, Probably the fashion, I, I didn't though. think about that. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> It was totally the fashion. Yeah. I um, just want to keep doing this. Did you ever read any of those <laughs> Agatha Christie books, like the murder mysteries? I can't remember his name. It was like his, I know it was Poirot, but he, he was a character. He had those, but he had the, the, the ring, the yeah, round ones, the round the ones. Sh- yeah. They come up and around like yeah. cartoon characters. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Mrs. Jacobek, who has been detained in the house, basically pleads her innocent and says that the, she only knew Bella Quiche as a man who was very kind to her. Upon further interrogation, she tells them of a room that she's never been allowed to enter, but she has a key to it. Then why give her a key if she's not allowed to go inside? Well, I guess in case of emergencies, but she, she apparently she's never entered this room. Liar. <laughs> Liar. So she reaches in her apron. She pulls out an old-fashioned key to a locked door. I just carry this around with me It's every always in my apron day. right here. Uh, but I Nagy, never go in there. <laughs> Nagy noticed immediately that the room was lined with bookcases, filled with books. Mm-hmm. He was amazed to see how many related to poisons and methods of strangulation. Not creepy at all. Yeah. The only furniture... Well, and you think about that, like, now they would check your browser history, right? Because <laughs> right. back then, I had to go buy books and how could you get rid of those unless you like burn all your books or whatever like whatever you've been into it's going to be in your library um the only furniture was a large black desk a large desk and a desk chair inside dr Nagy found a huge volume of correspondence between quiche and various women he also found an album with photographs of more than 100 women then dr Nagy went back to the hundreds of letters most of which were filed in some 74 packets so each of them had a packet so, so that- he was an organized apparently uh, yeah I can't hear myself. Kill, 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 kill her! I don't know how that's going to translate after I edit it. But. Oh, you do what you want with it now. All right. So in these 74 packets, so that the mail from the same women was kept together. Sounds methodical. Sounds time consuming, psychotic, and bizarre. Very, That's what very it sounds bizarre. like. I don't under. Well, if he was sane, he wouldn't be killing women, I guess. Right. So. I guess. You have a point there. <laughs> I, I am smart. As most of the people that we talk about, there's like something wrong. Something's right. broken. Oh, He's- he must have gotten hit in the frontal lobe. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. As a baby. Or, you know, like he he tugged at his mustache and went, Oh, boing! That's <laughs> where we need the sound effect. Exactly. Boing. All right. These women wrote to him after seeing his ad in the newspapers, all one in marriage. Later, it was revealed that Keish had received 174 marriage proposals. He was a popular guy. What? 
to these to 74 of these women he offered marriage and kept correspondence with them from the letters Nagy discerned several things the oldest of the letters was from 1903 and it became clear that Kish was defrauding the women who had been looking for marriage. He had placed ads in the marriage columns of several newspapers and had selected mainly women who had no relatives living nearby and no one who could quickly notice their disappearance. He wooed them, convinced them to send him money. That's where the money was coming wow. from. And if they proved troublesome for him, he killed them. I mean, why not? Eh, she's a pain. Tired of her. I'm going to pickle her. I'm going to pickle her. I'll eat her later. She'll come in handy. Ew. <laughs> we all drain her blood. Police also found old court records that indicated that two of his victims had initiated court proceedings because he had taken money from them. Oh. Both women had disappeared and the cases had been dismissed because neither none right. of these women showed there. up to court. So, um, so then he gets a call um, letting him know that they think they found him saying they've got his man at a hospital so he travels that night heads up to wherever it is the front lines whatever and when he gets Wait, there the detective the detective okay yeah so when he gets there he it's discovers not him. not him he's the body he's been replaced by the body of what? somebody else so somebody must have let him know they were coming after him and Son he disappears yeah. Um, bitch. Other sightings. In 1920, a soldier in the French Foreign Legion entered a local police station to report that he believed a fellow soldier named Hoffman to be Bella Kish. Hoffman was a name that Kish was known to have used in the past, especially Tell when it, in his correspondence with these women. Oh. The soldier stated that this Hoffman spoke with a Hungarian accent, regularly boasted of his access, success with women, and liked to show off his experience with a garret. But when the police attended the military camp to question Hoffman they were told that he had deserved deserted the previous day so he just always one step away. ahead another Hungarian soldier claimed that Belakish was imprisoned in Romania for burglary and another said he died of yellow fever in Turkey in 1932 a New York detective Henry Oswald claimed to have spotted Kish and this guy was like uh, this Henry Oswald was like somebody that um, was really good with faces so he recognized him from his picture and so he gives chase um Adam, come on. <laughs> Claims to have spotted him leaving Times Square subway station. He gave chase but lost him in the crowd. Four years later, uh, local gossip led detectives to suspect an apartment building janitor in the city of being Bella Quiche. They arrived to question the man only to find that he had left leaving no forwarding address. He's Are like, you kidding me? Nope. So wait, did to he never day. get caught? Nope. How does that happen? He was Within always just one step ahead. Totally. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, yep. There's our handsome devil right there. Oh. Look at that face. I Look wonder, at that face. I wonder if he spawned any children. Uh, I, ooh. Those eyes. They're crazy eyes. They're, they're, he's kind of crazed. So at this point, when he went into the army, he's been constricted. He's already killed women. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So those are literally the eyes of the killer right there. Can't wait to kill more. Yep. So that's my story. That was a good one. And that should be a movie. Should be a movie. We need like, uh, yeah. You need a pause. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But for now, you just give me. We could toast. Toast to that. He's dead now, though. But uh. yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> Unless he's actually a vampire. <laughs> hey, you never know. Never know. You never know. Yeah, I wonder. Like, if he ended up in America, like, did did he ever give up this taste for maybe this not? 
interesting. So, Ugh. yeah, the last night sighting was like 1930s. You do come up with some good ones. I'm, I, I like that. That was a juicy, exciting, had me on the edge of my seat. <laughs> in, in between our burping and our farting. Uh, 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 our sick humor. <laughs> You are all very welcome. I hope you haven't uh, turned us off yet. (laughs) So what do you got for us? Mine is on... uh... (coughs) 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 We're on one tonight, guys. We are on one tonight. You know what I meant to tell you? What? You said, how are you doing? Fine. Guess what I did today? Uh-huh. Allie's car, her um, her AC's messed up. So, um, I gotta tell you really quick. Her car broke down when I was up north visiting a friend of mine, my old roommate from way back in the day. And I'm like, oh my god, it's four o'clock in the morning. I'm trying to find somebody to help me. There's this little shop. AAA picks me up, and the guy says, "There's no shop around here by that name." Uh, yeah, there is. I talked to him. Okay. Long story short, they fixed Allie's car, but they had to keep it. The guy I owned it with his dad. He lives in my neighborhood. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he brought me home and then took me back up there. And now he was working out. He, he left that shop, his parent shop, because he wanted to start his own and be in the valley more. So he um, was working out of his house until he had the means to get his own shop. Now he has his own shop. And I took Allie's car to him. It's called, can I plug it? Yeah. Trust worthy family auto it's on 35th and northern and let me just say i would not take my car for like that kind of stuff to anybody else because this guy he's so honest like to the point where when it was up north we couldn't afford a brand new part and he shopped around like ebay were rebuilt most mechanics won't do that and he did and then um today he was trying to put freon in her for her ac and find the leaks or whatever was going on with it and after realizing that something was the vacuum whatever it was it wasn't working right he was trying to help us find a way like how can we pay for this how can he just is so fair and honest right and you don't find people like that anymore no, you don't especially not in that business oh no, it's really hard and I have some junky cars so I value someone like him yeah he's super sweet so I was asking him like how much will it be because we can't come up with money now but how much for today because he did some work right and he was like no 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 just go and yeah, he didn't charge us for the whatever two hours that we were there today that's good that's so nice sweet yeah so where did you say 35th and northern 35th and northern Okay. He's worth it. He's Sometimes so sweet. it's those little mom and pop shops that are the best. Yeah. He's a hard worker. Speaking of plugs, we were on TV. I saw that. Yeah. We were on News Channel 3 on you 3 guys on your are side. so sweet. Yeah, that was, I have to plug my hubby and our yeah. touch-up team. I'm so glad that you got recognized for that. Yeah, that was, that, I mean, that was all my husband. Yeah, but. And also our friend Sergio, he helped us. He helped us with that one too. He's always got our back. That was awesome. Well, tell, you can tell people, right? Oh, well, they did a little spot on uh, News Channel 3 on the three on your side um, where this lady pretty much got defrauded. This guy pulls up next to him and says, hey, you got those little dents on your car. I can fix them for you. They get back to her house 
And, you know, she takes him up on it. $800 later or $700 later, he has pretty much jacked up her car. Screwed her car up pretty bad. It looked horrible. (laughs) Yeah. And so Albert said it was basically undercoating that he sprayed all over this. Uh And what basically what he told them was when you wake up in the morning, that'll have like cleared away and you'll see like everything will look perfect. Which (laughs) bullshit. Okay. So anyways, Albert, you know, got the opportunity to help her out, pay it forward. Did he see it on the news or something? What made, how did he find her or how did she find him? How did that work? A friend of ours that said, hey, you know, we got this thing. Yeah. Mm Because he's like, hey, do you think you can help us out with the story? Would you mind doing this? Blah, blah, blah. And Albert's like, yeah, sure. I'll help you. So. Okay. That was so nice. Yeah. It was, it was pretty cool, a pretty cool opportunity. And she was super happy. Did yeah, you watch she it? She was it. Yeah, like, yeah, she was, she was so super, happy. Yeah, so. Yeah, it was a cool story. See, yeah. but these there's not that many around. Like, your hubby fixed Allie's, well, Allie had the, the junkyard hood that her dad went and got, but it needed to be painted, and your hubby did a really nice job. Like, he's he's a perfectionist with his work. Yeah, he definitely is. Him and my boy. Yes. Him and both of Isaiah, them. both of them. Because Isaiah, I don't know if they both did, but Isaiah also did my son's car when he, he needed some work done on his, some body work. It was beautiful work. Alrighty. Anyway, okay, ready? Yep. Thank you for letting me talk about yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. I, I had that in my head driving over. I'm like, I got to tell her about my day. <laughs> Why? And we so forget because we're kind of on the spot. We're like, how was your day? Yeah. I don't remember right uh, now, honestly. Okay. I'm trying to forget. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to drink it away. All right. So mine's on. It's called the Greenbrier Ghost. And I thought it would be interesting to do a little um, crime story and Paranormal. ghost story. Yeah, yeah. At the same time. I was actually looking for something that we would do together. But I came upon this and was like, oh, I can't pass this up. Right. So here we go. Okay. So I'm going to I'm gonna do a Carlene where I start <laughs> reading. All right. And ad lib from there. Yeah. But I thought this was going to be short. And the more I dug into it, the more it got longer and longer. So bear with me. In 1800, in 1897, a man by the name of Erasmus, Erasmus, all right, uh, they called him Trout was his nickname. They also called him Edward. He went by Edward. Trout. Yeah. That's fishy. Oh, oh, I gotta tell you, at the end, yes, fishy. (laughs) That is a fishy kind of name. (laughs) That was quick. I think I thought that when I was watching. That was a good quick one. You're so fast. Not always. <laughs> I think of things later. Oh, you're funny. You're so silly. <laughs> okay, we're going to call him Edward. Shoe uh, had moved to West Virginia's Greenbrier County from the neighboring. He lived in uh, Pocahontas County. I got, There's a I Pocahontas so County? There is a Pocahontas County. I wonder if they've changed that through I all know. these years. Because, you know, it's not. Oh, now we have a, a president that likes to call people. Okay, oh, but I'm not getting po- political, but yeah. he likes to call people Pocahontas. Pocahontas. Okay, that's, so. that's not. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> but you're right. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, okay. So when he lived in Pocahontas County, this is where the stories get weird because <laughs> she's jamming to my voice. <laughs> I can't talk to you. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I 
was going to read what I have, and I'm not looking at you. He hoped to start a new life after the death, the death of his second wife. We're just going to stick to that story. Okay. Chu moved to a second story home formerly owned by the late William. Who cares? Right. Okay. Uh, does anybody know this guy I don't really care who cares is there a story about this late William somebody live I'd say Lassa 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 I don't know his name we're just going to skip that part. Okay. Uh, she was a skilled blacksmith. Oh, he had quickly attained work at a shop. See, why do we have to know the names of all these people? Who cares? It's important. Is it really? It's a little important. Yeah, he's in West Virginia. I should do the whole okay. thing like this. Okay, but, I think you should. Yeah. He, right now. He quickly became a, we've, we've a finished blacksmith. this bottle of wine, so it's time to get Southern. <laughs> I feel like, see, I feel like here comes the toe popping out of my shoe. <laughs> I got a pop in my mouth. Bless your little heart. Bless your heart. <laughs> okay. Anyway, he got a job as a blacksmith. Uh, but, okay, I guess I'll just say, the sh- um, at the shop of James Croc Shanks. Why would you want that name? Crockshanks. <laughs> it makes me think of sweaty balls. <laughs> makes me think of an ugly pair of shoes that you yeah. just want to stab. Yes. Crockshanks. I feel like the guy already Can't has you a, a pair cane. of crockshanks. He's cronked over. Is it cronk or crock? It says crock. Crockshanks. All right. Well. He's a blacksmith okay. working for some dude okay. with an ugly, weird Nin- last name. Crockshanks. What if somebody out there has that last name? Oops. That's a very interesting last name. It really is, actually. Okay. Although he was considered friendly and hardworking, it didn't take long for the rumors to begin about this dapper young drifter. Always a dapper young drifter. Do you know what they say about him? And actually... He did look kind of good looking. He actually does. Uh, well, you'll find the pictures, right? Right. I'm sure you Always. will because there's a lot of pictures. Always. But he actually seems like a like he looks pretty good looking. Westbriar? Oh, no, Greenbrier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh wait, I didn't say this. Zona Heaster Shoe is who we're talking about. Okay. Her name is Zona Heaster Shoe. I'm super. See, maybe I shouldn't go last anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Are you? Are you already crock shanked? I am so freaking crock shanked. I don't know what to do with myself. As a matter of fact, what was the other name? Lasse. Lasse? Lasse Apsa. Villain Lasse. Lapse? I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm a little Lapse. Did you look him up? Greenbrier Green Ghost. Yeah. You see him? There should be a picture of her oh, yeah. and him. He's actually a dapper. He is dapper. Yeah, he is. Dapper he looks Dan. pretty modern, too. Not ugly, I don't think. He looks better than the last guy oh, that we talked about. Better than the handlebar mustache yeah. guy. And he's got the little he's got the little dimple in his chin. I know, but he's got oh, the butt chin. He's I'm, got the butt chin. I can't wait to tell you. I gotta hurry up and finish okay, the story because okay. I can't wait to tell you stuff. Because okay, right. I actually had some experiences Uh-oh. with this dapper. Okay, that's that's the part we all want to hear I know. about. My hair 
I'm, I'm, I'm standing up right now. Not literally standing up, but you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, where was I? We were talking about Dapper Dan. He's friendly, hardworking. It didn't take long for rumors to begin about this dapper young drifter. Some say that he had been married twice. The rumors were both wives died in very peculiar ways. Uh-oh. Yeah. One died from a fall from a haystack and one from a fallen brick that she was... Okay, he, he was doing some repairs on his fireplace that actually I think was more from made from stone, not actual bricks. And supposedly one of the stones struck her in the head and killed her. Okay. She died. She died. Dad, dead, dead as doornails. Dead, dead. Are you sure? Dead. Well, I'm more interested in the one that fell from a haystack. How do you die from falling from a haystack? Wouldn't you fall into more hay? Maybe, maybe it was like. Was it a really big haystack? What? I have not one. Did she fall into a pitchfork? That's. Oh my God! That's what I was gonna say. We are so much. Listen, we're in each other's heads. Right? It's we're like freaking this. Freaking me out. Like this. Like this. I think I better take a drink. Okay. This is getting too much. I, I might have to like split this into two parts. Part one and part two. Possibly because this, I'm not even, I'm not even off the first page. All right. I think I gave myself an accent. Woo woo doggy. That was getting good. <laughs> okay. So, it was also rumored, 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 it was also rumored that he had uh, served time in prison for stealing a horse. But that was equivalent to like auto theft in those days. It was equivalent to stealing somebody's wife in those days. (laughs) Sometimes. Really? Maybe. Okay. I don't know. Did they do I mean, women were like property, right? Uh, well, a horse's yeah, property. They were well. It's more like a car. Come on. Yeah, you could probably get more prison time for stealing a horse than stealing a man's wife. Probably. probably. <laughs> <laughs> I wish people could see your eyes right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, are are they like closing? No, almost. <laughs> Am I squinting? They're still white. Still squinty. White and are they blue? Green. Okay, okay. None of these rumors were enough to discourage the heart of a young girl by the name of... Maybe I should call your drunk name Elva. Elva? Elva! (laughs) Her name was Elva Zona Heaster. Elva Zona Heaster. She went by Zona. 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 I like Zona. You know what? So my sister... Well, and they became clients of mine. They have a grandbaby named Zona. And the first time I heard, I was like, Zona, that sounds so weird. I didn't even realize it was a common name. But it, I mean, back then it was. Sounds like Arizona. Yeah, that, I think that's why they named their baby Zona. I don't know why she was named Zona. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder what kind of background that is. Like, is I don't it know. Irish? Is it? But this is the only second time I've heard Zona as a name. Yeah, I've never heard that name uh-uh. ever. No, nope. that's pretty interesting. But I'm certainly not going to tell my sister's friends. Um, look at this, <laughs> another Zona. No. <laughs> she was murdered after a murdered woman. No, but she, 
Okay, well, that's what I say. Elva Zona Heaster. Okay, so Zona was born in 1876. Some say 1873. Her gravestone, oh yeah, her gravestone says... 1876, so I'm sticking to that. Okay. Not that it, who cares? Except for, she's pretty clever, okay? There isn't much known about her past other than she was brought up near Richlands and she gave birth out of wedlock. Ooh, naughty girl. In 1895. Very naughty girl. (laughs) Back then, that's what, I mean, all the way up until what? Well, now. Pretty recently, yeah. (laughs) The thing is, is they don't talk about like the baby's dad. They don't talk about where the baby is. They don't give any of that history. So it's left to speculation. Yes. More, more stories to go around. So in 1896, Zona met the drifter blacksmith, Edward. Trout. Edward Shoe. Trout. Trout. And despite her mother's warnings, because her mother despised him from the time she met him, she just had that mother's intuition. Right. It was like, mm mm, stay away from him. I don't like him. But you know, when you do that to your kids, what does it do? It pushes them further, pushes them closer to that thing they want because you don't want it for them. It's best to just keep your mouth shut. Yeah, shut up. Maybe her kid would still be alive. Sorry to say that. Okay, the couple lived what seemed to be a peaceful and normal marriage for a short time. That is until January 23rd, 1897, when Trout or Shoe or Edward or whatever you want to call him. Let's just call him Trout. Let's call him Trout. I like Trout. So does he, though. I'll tell you. Um, Went out. Some stories. Okay, the stories are conflicting. So we're just going to say he went out. Uh, He was acting kind of weird. Odd that day. And just was out and about. So he went to, there was a local neighbor, a neighbor next door. That I think they say it was next door. Anyway, there was like 11-year-old boy. And he would often go over and help with odds and ends chores. And so he went over to that house. But it was kind of an odd time to go over and then he asked the little boy if he would go over and ask her if she wanted some eggs or something if she needed something we'll just say that because I wasn't there he was a helpful little guy he's a helpful little boy but when he went over there he found so well he he knocked on the door here we'll even do it he didn't hear anything she's not there he opened the door he went inside (gasps) she's dead at the bottom of the stairs her eyes are wide open her head is turned her one hand is on her stomach another hand is out to its side her legs are together it's very odd positioning right anyway at the bottom of the stairway is where she is found by this poor little kid and he runs to his mom's and says you know hey found a dead lady our neighbor's dead and so the mom calls the coroner who is also the doctor and by the time the doctor gets there it's been like an hour or longer (laughs) took him a long time to get there apparently apparently Apparently. so (laughs) apparently and sweaty balls are our phrases here (laughs) so so, (laughs) the doctor gets there and she's been moved from the stairs edward had gotten home already kind of suspicious don't you think that he's already gotten home right before anyway he got home well i mean it was an hour yeah but i don't know anyway he's gotten home took her upstairs into the bed he already had cleaned her up 
gotten her dressed and put her in this like starched you know how they wore the high neck starched dresses yeah he put her in something like that and was like wait you know what i'm talking about yeah but he dressed her why do you think he so back in those days when a woman died, the the women in the community right. would clean and get them ready for their burial. Okay. For some reason, he did that. The husband, Edward, got home, picked her up from the stairs before the coroner or the doctor had gotten there. Okay, so... Suspicious. Very suspicious because he didn't... His first inclination, as a man who's just found his wife dead at the bottom of the stairs, is, is to, to go get the and, authorities... Right. And say, oh my gosh, wife is dead. Wife died. I'm so sad and freaked out. But no, instead, he prepared her body for burial within an hour of finding her dead and then was like cradling her head and uh, sobbing. They said he was sobbing. And anytime the doctor would go to do his examination to find out what the cause of death was, if he got anywhere near her neck or you know, tried to get too close, he would act so distraught and no, and wouldn't let the doctor close enough to do a full examination. So the doctor ruled her death as everlasting faint. I had to get that word right. What? Yeah, that's, that's what they called everlasting it. Everlasting faint? Yeah, and I guess that's the same as a heart attack. Everlasting faint. <sighs> Serious an as an everlasting faint. faint. My mama died of an everlasting faint. Really? I have never, <laughs> ever, ever heard that. Everlasting faint. I've never heard it Learned either. something new every day. Yeah. Anyway, so, so then, then um, it was later changed to childbirth. So evidently, right? Okay. Right. Was there a child? No. There was no evidence of her being with child or pregnant or whatever. Okay. So that's I, fishy. Right. And so for like two weeks before her death that doctor was seeing her for female problems she wasn't there's no record of her being pregnant or anything so i don't know why he put that anyway um the doctor's name is dr knapp so dr knapp didn't see much except for some light bruising on zona's neck so he ruled her death an everlasting faint or heart attack and then heart attack and then later changed it childbirth that's even, bizarre. Even though there are no records or signs that she was pregnant. So, okay, so they go to tell Zona's mom, Mary Jane, that her mother, her daughter's dead. And the first words Mother Jane utters are, uh, this is very, I want to get it right because this mom, she knew, and you should always listen to your mother. I think so. <laughs> The devil As a mother. Her. That's what he said. He said, the devil killed her. Uh, Zona's, okay, so back then, and I even have, my mom had some pictures of like back in the day, like how they would um, present. So like usually if there was a viewing, they did it at people's homes. Mm-hmm. And so that's what they did. They took her coffin and her to the, the family's home, not to his home, but to her, her family's home and had a viewing of her. So... But what he did, the husband, Edward, is he made sure her head was propped. So he took a sheet and rolled it up, and he said it was because he wanted to make her comfortable. What? Yeah. 
And so okay. people started like, sure. They were already suspicious of him. Right. So now people are like, dude, you are just looking more and more guilty. We don't know what you did, but she didn't die of childbirth or right. fainting, whatever, everlasting fainting. You did something to her. So everybody's on to this guy pretty much. There's suspicions. And the mom for sure knows he did something to her. But the fact that he's like, so during the viewing time, it was like, um, this happened on a Saturday that she died. So Sunday and Monday, Monday she was buried. So Sunday, there's a viewing. He won't, he won't leave her casket. I mean, come on. He doesn't want anybody to like, get too close to her right and so he he's a grieving husband he's not going to leave her side and people do notice some suspicious things but nobody says anything and so the mom they bury her on monday and anyway i'm just gonna go do my own thing (laughs) the mom says she goes to sleep and every night she would pray she was spiritual and she was like okay I need you to come to me and tell me what happened to you. How did you die? And so after a while, she started getting these apparitions of her daughter who would come and show her and talk to her. It would start out as a bright light and then turn into an apparition. And then and then Zona would talk to her and told her that he came home. And because she didn't make dinner with meat, she made a meal, but it didn't have meat. Yeah. She says he was very abusive and got physical with her. My and eyes that, are just rolling into yeah. the back of my head. Yes. Really? <laughs> right. You didn't get really meal with meat. Poor baby. Yeah. He got very abusive with her and he was choking her and crushed her windpipe, basically telling her mom, he killed me. And then the end of the apparition before Zona leaves her mom, he turns her whole head. Okay. (laughs) No, 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 no. Everything was good until you turn your whole fucking head around. She spins her whole head around all the way (laughs) before disappearing. Yeah, it's creepy. Okay. Yeah. So, four days, her mom gets this message. Four days in a row, she's like, my daughter's telling me what happened. I'm going to the prosecutor. I'm going to the prosecutor. I'm going to tell him exactly what happened. God dang it. In my dream. My daughter came to me in my dream. Yeah. And, I mean, you're taking a risk. Is anybody even going to listen to you? Right. And so, luckily enough, the prosecutor was weary. Like, "Mm, I'm going to go and talk to the doctor. The prosecutor must have been suspicious himself right and he's like you know what i'm gonna investigate this further i'm gonna go ask the doctor what he thinks and so he went to talk to the doctor and dr knapp was like you know what i was kind of suspicious i noticed some bruising around her neck and the husband wouldn't let me get too close and yada 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 so they kind of put some pieces together i'm sure they listened to people around the town talk and they decided to exhume the body wow and back then that just didn't go that was like sacrilege yeah that was just wasn't a good thing to do but they had to do it they had to reopen the case but that's cocky son of a bitch (laughs) edward is going around saying they can do whatever they want they're never going to prove anything wow that's literally his quotes are they can they can arrest me they can do whatever they want but they won't prove anything okay yeah. because he's already gotten away with it a couple of times well yeah. miss smarty pants well because you said no <laughs> no yeah but he did yeah you're right anyway when they went to exhume her body it was in perfect condition because the cold weather had kept it oh, so it was wow. great 
because that had been months. And so it was kind of great, though, because then they could see all the bruising and stuff and the fact. Anyway, they had to take her to the schoolhouse, which they had obviously had to cancel school so that they could do this autopsy in the schoolhouse. Ooh. Well, that's what they did in those small back and back. They have a lot of buildings, public West spaces. Virginia. <laughs> Like, you know, Little House on the Prairie? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I picture. I'm like, oh, yeah, had to use it. Anyway, when they were getting to the point, like they, you know, they're checking all her organs and everything, and they got to the point where they were going to, to go into her brain. So they were cutting up like her upper spine cervical area. They noticed that's where they saw that her spine had been fractured, or her windpipe and everything. And they were like, oh, that's not, that's not normal. Oh. <laughs> That's a really weird way to die of childbirth. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's not from child. <laughs> <laughs> so when they were doing this autopsy, there was a jury of five men. Oh, God. Yeah. Here we go. Apparently. <laughs> I don't know why I said <laughs> I just felt like saying it. Anyway, that's where this that's what he said. That's when Edward was like, they can't prove anything. That's what he said again when they were doing the autopsy. So knowing the information came from, oh, because he knew the information came from a ghost. So he was like, they can't prove anything. He was very cocky and thought, I can get away with this. What are they going to say? A ghost told him? Right. And who's going to believe a ghost? Right. And so to date, to that date, there had never been any cases, any convictions, at least, of testimony from a ghost. Well, yeah. <laughs> right? Even now, like there's mediums that can have helped with cases and it's very hard to be like <laughs> well, I got this information. Yeah. I mean they've done it, but not it's was so rare to do. They 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 get the information, she that person takes them to the whatever. Yeah. And then they have to build a case around that. Yeah. It's like okay, so whenever I hear things, spirit tells me they'll give the breadcrumbs because it's the best way that the bad guy is going to get you know prosecuted because if it's a, a lot more difficult if they said well the medium took us to this you gotta right. have the if i give them the breadcrumbs Can you imagine in today's day and age like say well even back then because i mean down south they're pretty religious and yeah talking to the dead i'm sure it was yeah. as like a witch unpopular back then as it is these Still. days <laughs> yeah. yeah by some yeah so he thought he was just going to get off. Um, no case was prosecuted. Ghost testimony. Edward. Oh, he pleaded not guilty. Surprise. Of course he did. Yeah. June 22nd, 1897, the trial began. And the first to testify was Mary Jane, Zona's mother. She was told to keep ghost stories out of it because they were afraid it would make her look insane and of course the defense after so the defense thought we're going to ask her about the ghost sighting because right. they wanted to make her look crazy but it backfired and grew them up the ash really yeah because so, so she gives the whole testimony about the ghosts yeah they, about her daughter coming to her yep she's 
gives them the whole rundown. And I think part of it was the community already had their doubts about him. He was already tainted. Right. And so, and you know, Zona must have been pretty upstanding. People must have liked her because it sounds like the community really rallied behind her and were like, no, something's wrong with this picture. Right. So then when Mary Jane comes forward and gives her testimony, the community was like, not crazy. She's telling you exactly what happened. Because that's what happened. The whole community just really like, it backfired on them. And she... So does he get convicted? Okay, so where I might need my notes more. He did get convicted. Um, (laughs) He was sentenced to life in prison. Um, However, the community believed Edward deserved to die. So on July 11th, a mob of about 30 men got together. Okay. They're going to take shit into their own hands with weapons and drove to the jail to seek vigilante justice. Uh, The prosecutor called the sheriff and after seeing the mob coming, he decided to move Edward to a refugee spot about a mile outside of town and went back to deal with the mob. Then went back and got him. I don't know what that means. Anyways, basically, the organizers got in trouble and they were prosecuted. <laughs> the the like the heads of the organizers of the mob whoever were prosecuted. Put it together. Yeah. yeah. And then they brought Edward back. The he was he was sent to oh, he was moved to a West Virginia penitentiary where he lived for three years when an epidemic of the measles, mumps, and pneumonia went through the prison, finally taking his life. I don't know which one took his life, but he died. (laughs) One of them. Karma. Karma. You know, it does seem like the stories that we do, they always end up, except for yours, yours seem to get away. (laughs) Maybe he, maybe he got it in then, but nobody ever found him to know. Could be, could be. Anyway, March 13th, 1900, he was buried. He has an unmarked grave in the prison cemetery. Let's see if there's anything else here. Yeah, this is the first case of murder on the law books. This is actually in the law books. That's crazy. That was prosecuted using the testimony of a ghost. Interesting. Yeah, I thought that was very cool. So, what I was going to tell you, I had watched some of I was looking for some video that might show some paranormal stuff that had to do with this and there was a guy the, a man who now owns that house he bought the house and I guess he let some paranormal investigators or whatever in there and they were doing all the regular video and stuff and they had the the box that spirit can talk into. I should know all this, but I don't play with any of that, so I don't know. Anyway, there was a box. They were asking it questions, and Zona came through, right. and she spoke. And then a man's voice would come through occasionally. And they were like, you know, if you died on these stairs, say this or that or whatever. It's on YouTube. And then they said who's the man's voice and you hear him say trout <laughs> trout trout like that what yeah. do you think of those voice boxes i think they're so eerie when i hear them they're like because it's like you hear the static yeah and then all of a sudden it's like, words creepy. will pop through it's creepy and if you know i have <clears throat> one time i was like i'm gonna check one of these um you know how they have it on your they have apps yeah okay those are even more creepy and it's not accurate so like it'll 
pop up all this random information. It's none of it. That is not real or right. accurate. I don't. I don't believe in any of that. But those boxes that they have, I I don't know how it does it, but they're. The, well, they have all those words programmed in there, right? Uh, it depends. There's different systems. But yeah, they got to have certain words so that whenever they're saying it, they can program. But for him to say trout. trout, that's very specific. It's so specific. And these guys were genuinely freaked if out. If would have said crock shakes, then you would have been like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> that's so fake. <laughs> I don't wear Crocs. Such a bullshit. It's a state Anyway, but anyway, I was um, I was really interested in this because of my experiences. Like when my cousin had sent me a picture right. and said, "What well, can you tell me about this picture?" And I was like, um, "She's dead." <laughs> What else can you tell me? So I started giving her information about like she's not here anymore. She's like somebody uh, she knows did this. Her car was parked near. I was giving her details of the crime, but I didn't know anything. And my cousin is a police officer and her husband was the detective on this cold case right that she gave me and everything was oh my god that's what everybody thinks oh my gosh you're right this was happening oh my god her car was found right here oh my gosh the suspect does live within a mile and she hadn't even told me who that was i didn't know who the picture was but i was just doing what spirit was telling me and then again i i went out and i was visiting them and i wanted to go to this place where i I wanted to go and investigate where i think she was Right. But there's so many details. Like I kept telling him, like, I, I know this and I know that. It's spirit will give us the breadcrumbs to get us to that point. But I was trying to explain to them, like, if I just said, oh, she's over here, you wouldn't have the pe- the other pieces to put the case together to prosecute the person who committed the crime. Lucky for them, it's like that Jesse Shockley case. Right. We were just talking about that. Right. right. Who came to me. Right. <laughs> before she died even and then when she died but it's it's like that one that they were able to prosecute the mom even though yes she did do it but she had an accomplice too i wish they could get that guy also they from the case that my cousin sent me they were able to at least get they the the suspects are in were already in jail on unrelated charges so they were able to at least get warrants out to them yeah like thick warrants out and arrest them in connection to the crime that they had asked me about so they may be able to prosecute them also the same way jesse shockley's mom was prosecuted even though they don't have the body, they may have enough breadcrumbs to get them what they need. Yeah, it's terrible. That's but crazy. it is so crazy how spirit can give us information. I've had clients come to me and not tell me anything. I don't know these people. And I've done groups. And then I'll be like, hey, um, I see a car. And I feel like he was hit. And then I have the mom... Yeah, the police don't know what happened. I'm like, well, I'll tell you what happened. It was a blue car and he was tricked. And I feel like he was chased down. And yeah, there's like all these details. And then you want to go and tell the police, but they don't believe in what. No, I don't even so know. So anyways, <laughs> we were just uh, interrupted by a toddler. She was very sleepy and grumpy. 
<laughs> anyway, so that was an interesting story. Don't that you was think? like super interesting. The ghost soft her soft soft her totally soft her soft her own murder. Solved. <laughs> Her own. So, give me another. Obviously, another we already have had too much I mean, to drink, folks. But yeah, solved her own murder. And then I just wanted to kind of, I related to it because how I could be watching the news or something. And oh, there was that woman in Scottsdale. I don't know which. But anyway, she ended up murdered in her home. And the whole time I was like, it's somebody she knows. It's somebody she, how do I tell them it's somebody she knows? Look to somebody she knows. So, like, I get words like that. Right. I'll, I'll ask, like, is that, I'll, they'll flash up a missing persons. And I always will ask, is are they still here? Are they gone? What's going on? So I like that spirit tells us. I just wish we, I, I wish, wish I had somebody, somebody that would listen to me. Right. Like I just give me some test cases. Right. You know, like, like give me some, here's, here's a couple. See what you can do with them. We're right. not going to tell you anything about them. Like that what they, my cousin that they've did. kind of already solved. So you can know that if you're or getting some the cold cases, cases. Right. Hey, there's, I can't, you can't lose anything on a cold case. Right. Give me some of those, like what my cousin did. I mean, I knew nothing about that stuff to hit on so much of it was like, and then I just hit a dead end, but there's a reason for that. Right. And I think, did you hear that? Yeah, I Is heard that outside? That. Yeah, it's... No, the... You hear what? that? No, I did not. Hmm. Don't be telling me that. Oh, oh, something else I want to tell you. When I was doing this case, this one, this story, and I was watching the video, I felt, physically felt, which this doesn't happen. Like a choking feeling? Yeah, on my windpipe. Oh, ooh. Yeah, I like had to wipe my hand down my neck and then I went out and I was telling my Zach my son's friend and I'm like I had to go like this it was so creepy yeah Yeah. that is creepy ew and maybe I was maybe it was a psychosomatic type thing but yeah that's a little creepy I sat there for a minute and just like maybe I'm just doing this in my head but it was very like I can feel it so do you think it would be her and you're feeling her feelings or him well yeah because it would be like you feeling what she's feeling right yeah that's what i think yeah. since Ooh. i can't since bad can't come through so. right Ooh. oh and in those videos like where she would speak this is what drives me crazy when they do these ghost hunting things when i hear spirits say help me Right. And nobody does anything. I'd be helping them. Right. Well, I mean, if they don't have any gifts, like, how can they? What can they do? Then don't go out there. Right. Don't mess with them. And if they're telling you to get out of the house. Get the hell out. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Just get out. You know, okay, so if we go to If they say get the hell out, we're getting the hell out. We're getting the hell out. But if they say... Help me. I'm helping them. Okay. They're going to the light. <laughs> yeah. June's been super, super busy. So I'm like hoping to find a date in July, especially it's been kind of expensive in the summer. So yeah. Yeah. Which Waiting I'm for things to slow down because well, summers are like, they, they're all these hotels are so big on their summer rates. Right. We'll have to. I don't know. We'll Those, go when we go. It'll, we timing go. is everything. We will go and we'll let you guys know. Me and Allie almost took a stop at a tombstone just so I could kind of fill it out. Uh-huh. You should have. I know, but it got too late. We were in Tucson, and we were kind of bored, and I'm like, let's go to tombstone. <laughs> but then we ended up finding things to do and got sidetracked. It got too late. We're going to have to take a ride. Yeah. Pretty soon here. Traveling to do. 
We're going to be so sick of each other. We should just video that. That'll be a trip in itself. Just the ride? Yeah. Just the ride. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, farting in the car. Oh, yeah. You have to roll your windows down. (laughs) Oh, no. Don't talk me anywhere that has cheese. I'm just letting you know right now. Yeah. Anyways. (laughs) We have completely, completely, like, just gone off course on this episode. I'm pretty sure... People probably will shut us off way before they get to the end. We're just talking to ourselves at this point. <laughs> All right, you guys, thank you guys for so much for listening to us. Um, Babylon and Babylon and Babylon. Babylon. And Fletchlate. <laughs> we didn't do that yet. We didn't, no. We're not comfortable enough to do that with you guys just yet. No. So just you wait. That's our show for tonight. That's all, folks. (laughs) (laughs) You want to plug your um, email address? Um, You can reach me at carlene.c-a-r-l-e-n-e dot spirit at yahoo.com. So if you guys want to get a hold of Carlene, or you can also find her on Facebook. Under Psychic medium carlene higgins or if you want to check out our facebook page you can find us under tipsy tales podcast um on both instagram we're also on twitter on the twitter we're at tipsy tales pod on twitter on the twitter, on the twitter. Oh. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and on instagram we're tipsy tales podcast as well and if you want to email us a story if you guys have something um we actually had somebody on instagram i saw had that. a story that they want us to check out and it was smiley mona 74 she says uh she said i enjoyed it queen mary yes i'd love to hear what you ladies find there gravity hill is one we grew up with hearing of all the spooky things there so uh that sparked my interest yeah so i definitely, definitely want to uh, research that maybe do a story on it or when we're ma- taking our drive in california we'll check out gravity hill gravity gravity hill hill it's it's not part of my midlife crisis <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Lordy. Oh, Lordy. All right. Well, anyways, guys, thanks for listening to us. Um, This has been Tipsy Tales. I'm Mama. You're Eva. (laughs) I'm I'm also Eva. I am a Gemini. (laughs) So she could be my alter ego. Yes, that is true. I am Carlene. Thanks, you guys. Good night. Good night. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Tipsy Tales. Music by Jesse Biscata, artwork by Sergio Hernandez. And if you're listening on iTunes, please don't forget to rate and review. Thanks.